Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. This is Deb, your host. Today, I'm happy to say that I have invited Amy from Alien Girl to the show. Amy is a popular content creator on YouTube. She has shows pretty much daily, both weekday mornings and evenings. Amy often reminds viewers that she is in the heart of alien country, New Mexico, where many people realize there are many, many sightings. And she engages her audience and guests with discussions about the phenomenon. Amy is a fan favorite for a variety of reasons, including her tendency to bring viewers onto the show to engage with her in discussions and her acceptance of other viewpoints. Welcome, Amy. Wow, thank you so much, Deb. That was so kind and so amazing. What an amazing intro. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for letting me come on your show and hang out with you. And just, I'm just really humbled to be here. Thank you. Yes, I'm really excited because not only do we get to talk about what brought you into this, what drives you, and all those wonderful things, but I feel like sometimes you give so much room to your guests. That, that you don't get that focus on you the way that it should be. And I wanted to get some focus on you today. Okay. I to, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Are you intimidated? Is that weird for you to be the center of attention? <laughs> um, no, I think I, I think I want it. I think, I think I wouldn't be doing the show if I didn't want it. I think it'd be right. a shame for me to say, no, I don't want the attention right now. Yeah, no, right. I want the I attention. Know. Right, well, it's <laughs> I work hard because... for it. <laughs> Well, we, we do have, you know, a mutual friend uh, and her, her name is Chris, as you know, and she and I had spoken about the fact that we were doing this show. And um, I said, you know what? I think Amy's ready to talk about what's going on with her. And I want to I want to find out. So let's get started, shall we? Amy, sure. please yeah. um, tell us what brought you into talking about the phenomenon. What? What was the origin story of Alien Girl 111? Yeah, so I think I've always been fascinated with UFOs. Um, basically, I got YouTube. The first time I got YouTube, I searched UFOs, came across Secure Team, came across Third Phase of Moon. Then it started. Then it was just like all there was no filters then, so you could look up any sort of UFO. Like you could find every UFO every day. Mm -hmm. You type in UFO Florida, Phoenix Lights, you get like 20,000 different viewpoints of the Phoenix Lights before all the filters and before they changed the way the search engine worked. Um, and then I saw all these dudes in their creepy little caves, you know, on the internet. Yeah, this is what I think. It was like every freaking show was had to be creepy or weird or manly. <laughs> And I just, I, I, and so I made one little video. I just thought it was a cool idea. Just, I was like, let's just throw this up and see what happens. And it was about out of the skeleton and it got like a little bit of decent views. And then I just took it down and I forgot about the idea for a long time. And then I was like, why would I want to get on the internet and talk about the aliens? And then 2020 mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I think me and a lot of other people in the world kind of lost their minds on some level and just kind of decided to start living life the way that they wanted to. So 
Um, I took the idea back out and I started posting like a little video here of this part of New Mexico, a little video here. Um, and then I got really into live streaming that became like, whoa, what's everybody doing live streaming? If you were live, I wanted to watch you. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> it, just, I, I, it became. Yeah, I've seen you uh, really interact with your audience as you do your shows like you're really conversing and bringing them into the experience with you yes <laughs> yes we are yes 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 and um and i think that's part of the whole the whole vibe of the show and i'm so glad i moved it to the mornings because then it's just like the energy's just through the roof everybody's awake everybody's ready to do things and it's not just that it's that all three speaking English speaking, major English speaking time zones are awake, at least in some capacity. They could be awake ish. You know, it's not like 2 a.m. in one of those places. So I think that's really cool part about the time. Um, yeah. I also, but, yeah, that's. I was going to say, I appreciate also for those who haven't watched yet, and she just recently did this change to the morning, but she also provides. Oracle card reading. So, so it's like, you know, for the, for the people interested in this topic, it's sort of like a weather report, but better in some ways because it's what we want to hear. <laughs> I'm more interested exactly. in my Oracle card reading than probably what the weather report is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I love doing the little Oracle cards. It's kind of like a fun little horoscope you know in the morning to get you started and i try to get all the the cosmically you know the cosmic one so i have mystic more uh, mystic martian oracle starseed oracle um yeah and have some crystals and some organite out and they all seem all these themes always seem together go together in ufology like there's always a girl making organite somewhere <laughs> You know what I mean? There's always a girl. Yeah, there's always a girl making organite somewhere. There's always a guy looking for a UFO. There's always a fight somewhere <laughs> about some little detail. Or, I mean, it's a fascinating field. So much drama and love. <laughs> yeah, so, you know all these couples that get together, like the Josh and Artemis show. They find each other through ufology. It's, mm. it's fascinating. It's just like the most dramatic community to ever exist. <laughs> so, do, do you think that's what motivates you—the fascination with the topic—and and or do you think that there's something deeper? Like, are you do you feel like you're driven in some way to like reveal information to people, or is it you're just so interested in the community? What is it behind everything that really gets you? I just don't think people say it enough, which is, you know, we know someone out there knows about the extraterrestrial presence and them visiting us. And um, like you can have a show where you say that every single day. And that's what what I do. That's what we do every day. We say, we, if you know about the aliens, come tell us we're ready. We're, we're here to listen because that's what I, I want to hear about. And I have to say that I truly appreciate that you're one of the people who is saying that. Um, I, I'm I'm not one of those people so much. Like I am accepting because I think all of that is happening. All of that is part of what's going on. Um, but you're one of those people who just stands by it and is willing to just say it and shout it out. 
before we move on, though, I have a little bit of a surprise for you. So do you have a super fan, someone who you've actually spoken to on your show, and I invited wait, them. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. You have a super fan. Are you ready for I, this? I invited no, them. I'm come. not. <laughs> I invited them. I'm not come. ready for this. It, it's going to be Monsieur okay. Monsieur Deb, you said it was okay. This is fine. I just can't. It'll be fine. Um, okay. Your super fan wants to come and talk to you. You ready? Yes. You might re recognize the name. Is that Adrian Reister? It Hello. is. It's Adrian. What's up, dude? You. Wanna, that's so cool. What's fan, up? Yeah, I, I follow your show pretty cool. good, pretty closely. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's cool to yeah. run into you. Thanks so much for jumping on and hanging out with us. I um. No yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to you. How have you been with everything? Uh, not too bad. You know, just kind of going from day to day <laughs> so yeah. for, for listeners adrian can you just say briefly who you are um so that they are a little caught up and why why you're here <laughs> sure uh so i was a former nuclear weapons technician that was stationed at whiteman air force base uh i saw right yeah i saw two orbs while i was stationed there and then a shadow person while I was doing uh, weapon support stuff. Right. And many people may think that is why you're here, but that's actually just how you got brought into the community in some ways, right? Yes. <laughs> you're actually here to ask Amy questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So, right. right. <laughs> I know, right? You would so Amy, really again, it's really about you. Um Adrian Great. wanted to uh, ask some questions. So, um I'm going to let right. him be a part of asking questions as well. So, go Adrian, what is, what is your your question that you have for Amy? What's one of your questions? Um pretty much uh you know what's what's kind of like your background how you kind of got into this whole thing as well yeah so for me it was really exciting that i had in 2013 of uh what i would consider a triangular craft that went faster than any craft i had ever i had ever really seen um not to mention that just the the history of it coming out just feeling like I grew up with it. <clears throat> so the, the, you know, the Phoenix lights, I think I saw that when I was 12 years old and that was very, that was a big moment where nobody could explain what it was. And I was young and I had a lot of questions and that was strange to me and that stayed with me. And then I saw Linda Moulton Howe on the television, you know, I'm watching 2020. I'm like in that eight to 12 year old range and Linda Moulton Howe's, you know, showing us cattle and saying, we don't know how they, this would have happened. You know, we would have had to have surgical procedures and, you know, there's no way that this was done by a bear or, or, you know, a mountain lion or any of that. Like it's been surgically removed and little things like that. And so, you know, once I saw something in 2013, I was all over YouTube trying to find something that looked similar to what I saw. I I found it, um, and that kind of led me 
along a very interesting path. And I would say ufology isn't like the show is never something I'm going to quit. <laughs> and it's not it's because it's like it's like an extension of who I am because I've been hanging out on these live chats and I have so many friends in the community, like good friends that I love and I care about. And, um, you know, and it's for years. It's it's like gaming. It's like Comic-Con. There's so many. It's like an intense community. And after being in it for so long, I'm just like now I'm just feel like I'm out there talking with everybody. And so I like to vibe off of everybody um <clears throat> what they're feeling because it's just such an amazing community of people you're definitely a positive part of the community that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah we definitely appreciate how you bring people in and just engage in it and you're part of it's like really a community for you and i do think there's some people who just come and kind of look at it like it's a show like they just kind of sit in their seats and maybe sometimes throw tomatoes or throw popcorn you know but not always engaged, but you're definitely engaged. Mm -hmm. So, um, Amy, I uh, wanted to ask, I've seen pictures of you going to events. Um, can you like ex kind of go over like some of the events that you've participated in outside of YouTube, outside of um, Twitter, outside of like social media? Like UFO events? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, this year I went to the Roswell Alien Fest uh, this last July 2021. And that was really cool. Very fun. Um, you know, it's just a fun festival. People dress up like aliens. The city has fun little quirky events like a pet contest. So I had my dog in that. Um, and then I went to Disclosure Con, which was in Pine Top, Arizona, which was fascinating. It was so great. Travis Walton was there. Um, Travis Walton was also was also in Roswell too. And um, but Disclosure Con was amazing. There was a uh, yeah, James Goodall was also there. Travis Walton, um, Apollo Asteria, Doc Skinner. I mean. It was phenomenal. Uh, so I went to those two events and I'm always trying to go to the next one. Like the second I can find the time or the energy, I'm going to go. And it was going to be like this thing, like I contact in the desert, like 2022. I thought it was going to happen. And I thought, it, and I think it still might, like, I'm not going to let go of this dream, you know, like, I don't know, maybe all of a sudden they'll decide that we're going to do contact in the desert 2020, 2022. So, yeah, so that's the next goal is contact in the desert. The second they start doing that again, I am there with my drum, ready to go. Like, Did you let's... go to Storm Area 51? No. <laughs> These are the things I did. I, now I do everything I've ever wanted to since 2020. Now I do everything. <clears throat> I do whatever. If I want to do it, I will go do it. <laughs> so well, you have definitely embraced the freedom. And I think... You know, that's mm -hmm. a healthy approach to this. I think the people who aren't talking about it, who aren't getting to interact, you know, they're missing quite a bit. So I'm glad that you're doing all those things. Yeah, yeah. I think people need to get out of their houses, you know, and go experience, go experience life. And I think it can be just incredibly um like awakening to be in the, the 3D presence of people that you're sharing, you know, the same sort of like life force philosophy path. Like, I feel like we're all connected on this like circuit grid 
sort of all the time. And now we're all kind of like picking up the same ideas a lot of the time. And we just kind of pick them up, you know, amongst each other. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. You guys are listening too much. Well, I don't I, even know I, what I was talking about. I, I was feel, just like, I don't even know where that was going. I feel like what you're talking about <laughs> is almost like what some people call collective consciousness, right? Like how some how mm -hmm. we're all connecting on these ideas together, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's like the coolest goal ever is to try to get connected to that source as much as possible, especially in the community. There's a lot of really beautiful things happening in the community. People are getting their their documentaries onto big streaming services. Um, people are going out there and traveling across the country to go interview people face to face that you know they've heard about in the community. Like, there's a lot of really beautiful things happening in the community every day, um, and a lot of really positive people. Like I was saying, like whatever whatever people have where they want to just throw shade their way like i i'm just too ingrained i'm too in it's like it's like rose and jack you know you jump i jump like <laughs> speaking of things happening every day uh you usually do have like a morning show and i do i i usually don't listen uh like live but i usually listen towards the end or or mid middle of my shift but uh i usually listen to your daily thing and uh it's always like a positive thing for like a community, like just to keep up with all the different things that other people do. Um, do you have any more plans for that? Like, oh yeah, Twitch that's an everyday. Or... Oh yeah, we're on we're on Twitch. Oh, okay. we're on Twitch already. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. Um, we got a TikTok account. <laughs> We've been giving little updates there, and on on Twitter. I said Twitter twice, but mm -hmm. that's where we're doing it. But yeah, I'm trying to get out onto any platform that I use that mm -hmm. I think I could use effectively and get results from. Uh, so yeah, I think TikTok's an interesting one. Just yeah, the way that the it's set up, like yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go right into something. I think that um, Adrian, you may have missed this because you came a little late. Um, we were talking about how an alien girl, she's, Amy's comfortable with talking about extraterrestrials. Um, and, you know, now that you're getting out there, do you feel like maybe you're using these mediums to reach people on that topic? Partly, like, not just engaging with the community, but that might be part of your purpose. Just kind of getting that information that extraterrestrials are here, etc. to the world what do you think Amy um I think that's a big question okay <laughs> I think that's a really big question um I th I think you know everybody has there's just a lot of different things that that could happen and there's a lot of different experiences that people have in in the world and sometimes the most extraordinary experiences can seem like they're totally not real only for us to find the scientific evidence that they were in fact real this happens time and time again innocent people are sentenced to life in jail and you know guilty men run free so there's all sorts of ups and downs to it, I think. 
Um, so when it comes to like the big extraterrestrial question, I, I think we can't say one way or the other. Um, I do think it's, it, it's a personal thing for me that I do sincerely believe that if not the U S government, other governments in the world have information about extraterrestrials that they can share with humanity. I do think that. Uh, and I think they, they can just hand over that information now. I don't think there's any fear or worry. I think, uh, we've seen time and again, how society will process this information. They'll, they'll say, Hey, here's the documents about the extraterrestrials. Um, then we'll tell everybody in the world, this has been confirmed by this government. And then everyone in the world will be like, Oh, okay, got it. And then the people who, who don't want to believe it will be like, ah, that's, that's not true. And everybody will go on with their day. I think one of the light airy perspectives that I try to bring to it is I don't think it's that big of a deal. If they do tell us, I think okay. what's going to happen the next day, we're just going to keep doing the same thing we do anyway. Okay. So I think actually that that end part is really key in your answer because I feel like what you're doing is normalizing the conversation. And I think that is important for this, right? To, to normalize just even the phenomenon, not, not necessarily just extraterrestrials, but normalizing the phenomenon. So do you feel like that's what you're doing? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it not so scary to talk about. I find pictures of, you know, Martian sand dunes covered in frost and I want to share this photo from NASA to somebody. Mm -hmm. And they tell me that I'm messing with them and that, like, why would they show me something like that? And I just so blown away by, by how people just don't, won't process science. They won't like, that's the thing. Okay. You tell, you give us the documents about the extraterrestrials. We give them to society. They're going to be like, that's not true. <laughs> and we'll all go on with that. If they should just tell us. Yeah, and I want to normalize it because that shouldn't be something that we should be scared to tell the government. One, we have to prove the society's not as scared. You know, we all got to kind of get over it. They know about it. Okay, we all know they know. We all know they know. And then once we're there, they'll just tell us. But we're not there yet, and we're getting closer every day. Right. I, I can honestly say that I'm not scared either. And a lot of people... Um, are not there with me like a lot of people uh, have expressed that they are I think that it's not necessarily because of extraterrestrials that they're scared I think it's because they don't understand some of the things that are happening that are additional to the extraterrestrial phenomenon right um, and they also are afraid of the technology um, so I don't know. It sounds like you're not scared. Is that right? Um, I think it's going to be... I think I think what we're waiting for is, is something that's just going to be a blip in the disclosure field. Like, I was thinking about this today. I feel like 2020 happened. April, the Pentagon confirmed that footage. A year rolls by, we got, you know, Amuamua and Avi Loeb finally making it, like, this really big deal um, to the public. And and it just seemed like that was just a huge turning point 
in ufology and and suddenly we have all of this government documentation about it being real and so a lot of people start to latch on to all of this real evidence that they're getting from the u.s government it's being validated by the u.s government and you got this whole brand new group of people who are like it's gonna happen next the next wave's gonna happen right and i feel like people have been following it for for like 20 years are kind of like wow that was a huge win <laughs> we had mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be another 15 before we see something really cool shake oh, out yeah. like you know like that was huge like what happened with you know the new york times post article or the new york uh times articles right and all of the stuff that happened with them confirming it into the stars academy like this was an amazing part of ufo history but i don't know when we'll get the next fun little wave like that i feel like we get something every week i really do i feel like something every week gets dropped mentioned nudged out into the community uh i feel like um for instance there was like the gary nolan wave where we got information Mm -hmm. from gary nolan you know there was the oh yeah there's been biological samples wave you know like i just i feel like it's something every week something gets dropped i feel like it's pretty fast so you don't think that the disclosure the final disclosure which we can talk about what that means also is coming anytime soon Oh, it's, I I agree with you. Like it happens every single day. Like disclosure happens every day. Like, obviously, like I love looking through all of the articles about it. And I think, and I think if you follow it daily, it makes more sense how it all kind of um, falls into place. But yeah, like, I think, I think the, the fight that has been fought for 20 years is over because UFOs are real. And I think a new fight has begun and it'll be 20 years before that question is answered. I think there are two cycles. I think there are two cycles. So I don't know when disclosure is going to happen, how it's going to happen, but there's one big question. And I think it really is, is do, have we been in contact with ET? Do we have evidence of this? And I think it's going to, I think it's going to take another 20 years. And then I, I just have a feeling, I don't think it'll happen in the next five we barely have footage that's confirmed. We barely have, you know, the government talking about this being ET or Chinese or Russian. So I don't know. I don't know when it would happen, but I don't think they're going to tell us about the aliens for at least another two decades. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's, that leads to the question of what we consider it to be disclosure. Um, So, you know, some people were saying, you know, disclosure would be, admitting ufos are real okay so that's done but people are still saying we want disclosure right so then some people are saying disclosure is going to be the government admitting that they've been studying this well that's been done right tons of documents have been dropped you know obviously we now know about osap and all that okay so that was done some people think disclosure is admitting the phenomenon is bigger than just you know ufos and well we got the the book right uh, the pentagon book and then you know some people think you know so so on and so forth so what do you think like disclosure to you just is simply them talking about the extraterrestrial entities is that what that is to you is this question for me yeah All yeah these no i don't think you. okay i i don't know i um 
I don't think I don't think the citizens of the world will believe that extraterrestrials are real until a high powerful organization such as a country government comes out and says we can validate the evidence of this extraterrestrial photograph this extraterrestrial body this extraterrestrial signal of communication from a planet we don't know i think that's disclosure because the average citizen of the world will not respond to a news article it's all disinformation until the big guy says it's real for all of us it's happened we know come on <laughs> we have no problem with that <laughs> we have yeah. no problem but are you can't you can't go to your neighbor next door and talk about this and say hey you know i'm seeing some lights here and there Adrian, the night you came on the show, I had a crazy sighting. It was crazy. It happened mm. like 20 minutes before we went on. And I saw like four, um, four that's orbs. Funny. But that's but that's the thing. You can't just go. See, I can tell Adrian. Right? <laughs> I can't go tell my neighbor that. Yeah. I can't actually, be like, you know, what could that be, you know? That was something I was really curious about. Since you are in New Mexico, where clearly there's a whole lot of attention because there's been so many waves there. Um, are there no other people there who are just having these conversations or talking about the things they're seeing? Like other oh, than no. the people, like other than the people who are seeking out, for instance, like a museum um, or a convention, people are just not engaging in that talk no no i think it's no i rarely i mean we know it's alien country because there's roswell and i've had this conversation with people before and i actually um a good friend of mine she's been on the show she grew up in roswell um she grew up on a ranch there she actually got it through her family they homesteaded there um, and so she came on the show. And the interesting thing about Roswell, it's a very conservative town. There's a military institute there, um, very religious. Uh, and so the whole Roswell alien thing, you know, they might play off on it as much as possible, but they get twice the population of their city comes for the festival once a year. And so, like, that brings in so much money that, you know, sure, let's make some, you know, people move there and they just start t-shirt companies where they just make, uh, you know, alien head t-shirts all day long and they make a good money off of it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's still like, even though it's Albuquerque, New Mexico, it's still, there's no, there, people have, pe people don't believe in the gray aliens. I've noticed like, that's the box that I'll be put into because I have a lot like if you guys I mean you guys see my stuff I like talking about science and tech and space and techno you know and um, mm -hmm. I like discovering astronomy and amazing planets that are being found like these are other interests I love like talking about Mars and what they're finding there you know and, mm -hmm. and I love talking about all of that stuff a lot and uh, I also like all of which I would call like the mythology of ufology you know it's like a myth there's all these myths mm -hmm. and and some of them you can't dismiss like Bob Lazar I don't care <laughs> how many people try to tell me you know Bob's not I believe Bob <laughs> I believe him. I believe Bob Lazar was telling the truth. And um, 
you know, but it's just interesting. It's just interesting, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's actually, um, I've noticed there's always something that brings someone in, right? There's always uh, well, the people in the community, the people who are already here. Um, they get drawn in by things like Bob Lazar. I met someone who said that was what brought him in. They get drawn in by, by the article. They get drawn in by uh, a sighting that they had something. So um, it sounds like you had a triangle sighting and that could potentially be one of the things that brought you in. And it is unfortunate that uh, there's still so many people who are not, you know, they're just not interested. So that's too bad. So age Well, and they're not going to believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it occurs to me that you could put a alien, a living being in front of some people and they still would not believe it. Um, and they wouldn't because they would say it was um, either some kind of CG or a puppet or something, you know, you, you like, there's, it's very difficult to convince people. And that's partly because of all the controversies and the hoaxes and the myths and things like that. So it's unfortunate. So Adrian, I, I, I want to let you ask more questions. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what if, uh, you know, if it's not aliens, because this, this phenomenon kind of seems more than one thing, really, um, from shadow people all the way to orbs to Sasquatch to maybe even lo the Loch Ness Monster, you know, um, there seem seems to be a lot of things revolving around UAPs and U U U US US U USOs? Yes. Yeah. Right? USO. <laughs> so is your question just how how are all of those things connected? Yeah, what do you what if it turns out not to be just aliens? Essentially. I think it's I think they all are connected for sure, like with your experience and um with a lot of different people's experiences, especially when you read like, you know, um, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, when you watch mm -hmm. the show Skinwalker Ranch, it's it's glaringly apparent that there's more than just a, a machine in the sky sort of response to this phenomenon. It includes so many different aspects and there are a lot of shadow people experiences in abduction experiences um you know and it's it's just there's so many different ways that that it can be we don't know if they can go through go through a window as an orb or a shadow we don't know if they can disappear we don't know if they mostly like to work subconsciously which i would personally think they probably do more than anything i think they probably um, communicate subconsciously the most that they can, especially as our um, we're trying to raise our dimension on this planet. I think the higher we can vibrate, the closer we can get to, yeah, collective consciousness. And I think we're working on it, and I think we can get there. Um, but I think part of part of tapping into that and to that communication with source, you know what I mean? Like you gotta just expand mm -hmm. it. 
a little bit. And I think humans are getting close and I think we just have to keep, keep going. We're almost there. Yeah. So do you think that since you, since you like the science aspect of things, do you think that it's perhaps something that we've evolved towards, or do you think it's something that an individual can just work to do? Um, I think we've evolved to it. I think we've created an aid, which is the internet and, you know, telecommunications and all of these different ways that we can uh, communicate. And I think through that, we're starting to learn a lot more about how fast a thought can go, because a thought can go faster than the speed of light, actually. And because, of you know, a thought can go faster than the speed of light. Like, who knows? Who knows what could what could happen or what we could do with that kind of power? It's actually really interesting. Some of the things that we do nowadays and take for granted definitely would have been just as as crazy to people as UFOs are still to some people today. Like if we'd gone back in time, right, they would think we were definitely aliens if we pulled out a cell phone. And, you know, started playing a little game on it or showed them a video, it would freak people out. So yeah, I think that it's kind of amusing how uh, our progress, our science um, is almost as amazing as the whole concept of UFOs, in my opinion. Well, that's why, like, Edgar Mitchell's uh, organization, right, the Noetic uh, organization that he started where he's trying to get more people into studying psychics and, and telepathy and just these human strengths that we have that just need to be sharpened and honed and, and maybe evolved, you know, scientifically evolved to the next level. But um, and I think that's part of, part of this process, part of, part of waking up, you know, Sometimes people can only believe something after they've been shown it 25 times. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just want to know, like I, if, if I can find that information and casually talk about it and, um, you know, have it help people, you know, answer what they think is a big question, which is, I think this is the biggest question that I'll ever come across in my lifetime. Agreed. So yeah, I don't think it's any wasted time at all. Any question, any any sort of interest or push forward for this, I don't think it's any waste of time. If there's weird stuff going on, we need to know about it. We don't want to live in these like little prisons of illusion. That's not what life was created to be. It was, it was meant to be out there and to be free and to go to the next thing. Like there's another thing beyond Earth and we get so caught up on it. You know, we've got to go, we got to go find another planet for one, so that we can colonize it. I'm not saying it's Mars. I'm not saying it's whatever, but you know, this whole idea that we just stay on this rock and it blows up and everybody dies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to end that way. Like, I hope there's a billionaire, trillionaire, gazillionaire who has the giant rocket ready. And, you know, I'd like to know that that's okay too. Like that, that would give me comfort. Like just some of these things, <laughs> you know, some sure, yeah, some really rich guy was like, I've got the next colony. It's okay, Amy, everyone on earth will die, but no worries. We will yeah. continue. And I'd be like, awesome. Okay. Whew. That's one of those <laughs> things. With, that's one of those things with all of this that really gets me. People are so 
unable to believe that another species would want to come to our planet. I don't, that's just, they have a block on it, right? And yet, what do we do? We want to go colonize another planet. And not only do we want to do that, but we've already sent a mini helicopter on another planet. <laughs> but but mm -hmm. yet, people still don't get it. Like, they still cannot, their brains just cannot do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now all the places that we're going are places that scientists think there might be life like europa you know it's not it's not oh they just decided to randomly choose europa no there's a lot of scientists who think that there might be you know microbial life there that's why they chose europa they didn't put a fossil t detection machine you know on the perseverance for fun and, and land in a crater where there used to be an ocean. They did that because they think they're going to find a flipping fossil. <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean, the, the, yeah, something like that on the, that would probably be like a million dollars at least. Because, you know, that thing probably, I think it costs like a billion dollars to make that helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's so much money. It's so much money just to be like, well, let's just take a fossil detection machine up here and look mm -hmm. for some dinosaurs. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> okay, you know, the, the, people really have to think that they're going to get there and find it. And hey, they are. They are finding it. They found the carbon up there. And then that was weird because then I saw the fossil that they found in Antarctica, which I had never seen which was crazy because they think it's microbial life fossil, mm -hmm. which is insane because like all these fossil experts say, no, that's, that's definitely a fossil, but we just can't confirm it because we've never found anything like this on Mars. So it's impossible for this to be a Martian fossil. So we, and they know it's from Mars. They can prove that we have a Martian fossil in our possession on planet earth. And it's a piece of evidence that can't be validated till we find something like it, like it on Mars. But there's another perfect example. Like you tell somebody that and they'll be like, yeah, they still haven't found anything. And it's like, no, no, no. Did you just hear me? A Martian <laughs> fossil, like all of the experts on planet earth who study fossils think this looks like it could be a fossil. <laughs> Yeah, like really, how much more cut and dry yeah. can we get it's it's really fascinating because you know i just read about some rocks that they were looking at that they believe are something like 25 million years old they're they're saying that you know they have different isotopes and they're con like confused about what's going on with these rocks um and it's just clear that they seem to have come from space and you know it's just so controversial like people in science can't even agree on those they're not claiming that that those are you know from a uap or anything like that it's just fairly typical science and they're still controversial <laughs> so i guess you know i guess that's part of the battle with science though right they just have to go back and forth on these things they can't just agree <laughs> Right. Look, look at all the uh, ancient structures and all the old relics that we've come across that people still can't believe that they're as old as they are. I mean, uh, Pumapunku is something like 20,000 years old. So. <laughs> yeah, see, that's. that's yeah, and all these... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. 
let's I was, let's I was get into say, it. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say what gets me when we talk about the the humans having evolved, right? I wonder if we had actually been there before. Like we've already been through this cycle before. It seems like our ancestors were more open-minded to things, more willing to look, you know, to to the phenomenon, more willing to connect to things that are less tangible or less physical, or less material. Do you think maybe we like have had a cycle like this before? I think it's a strong possibility. Oh, definitely. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to the state that we're at right now, but there's definitely some indication that we've lost some technology somewhere. Yeah, and they're finding, you know, um, they're finding that Antarctica used to be tropical. Mm -hmm. They're finding plant fossils up there because everything's melting down. So they found a plant fossil and it's a tropical plant that used to be there, which would mean it's tropical environment. So... There's also that to be uncovered. And when you think about just just alone, um, you know, the Native American or the indigenous population all across the planet Earth, right before smallpox hit North America, I mean, they uh, like outnumbered every like the Europeans were just a small group of people. And so many indigenous people died after smallpox came across on you know on the ship um and so you think about things like that and you just take it on like a macro scale like if an alien came down and they had some sort of some sort of way that would have affected us that way it could it could be very detrimental mm-hmm. to our health um and, and to just versa. being able to survive a, yes and vice versa um so you know there's just a lot of different ramifications you know in that regard i have to say though it's it's just so fascinating to be able to talk about these things right and i feel like it's unfortunate there's so many people who don't want to talk about them who just want to go about their day and watch netflix and watch football or whatever and they don't want to engage in these conversations about us being more you know and i think that ultimately that's like the underlying thing we're more than we realize yeah i strongly agree i think yeah oh yeah 100 percent. and i think that's the thing right is we i think humans know we're more than what we're doing i think the internet's helped us get a little bit better right and then i'm talking about like i think the internet is is kind of like our training wheels mm-hmm. to our next phase like, what I think, think we're learning how to work with our brains on a collective right. way. You know, once you like throw some neural link. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cloud consciousness. Yeah, you hit it. Yep, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to ask. What do you think of the idea of the neural link? What do you think about actually putting something in your brain that's going to enhance that even more? I'm down. <laughs> I'm getting old fashioned, I think. I don't know why. I go on Facebook. I feel like I don't know how to use it anymore. I'm like, what is this? I just haven't been on Facebook in like a year and I get on and I don't know. Like, I still kind of crave those days when you still have to go to the encyclopedia to figure something out. 
It didn't feel like everybody. Was, there was like no noise. People didn't make too many noises. Nobody was frantic. Everybody wasn't so fr- Everybody just kind of kicked back. They get frantic when somebody handed them a piece of paper with f- scary information on it. <laughs> okay, but for so- the most part, people just kicked back and like they relaxed. Before the so, internet came about. Okay, so so you're aware of the electronic version of cloud consciousness, and maybe this this forced, almost fast paced version of a collective consciousness is what it could also be considered. But you prefer a natural method. Is that what you mean? No, I just think that by the time it's able to be something that can be offered to someone like me like i just i just feel like it's 40 years out i don't feel like it's 20 years out at least like the fta approved version of it <laughs> is 40 years out like 20 years out i don't know yeah you could tell everybody yeah throw it on your brain you'll be great you know i don't know 40 years out i probably will just be like you know i've lived this life you know i'm if i get lucky to get in my 70s and 80s you know i'll be like yeah you know i don't need it <laughs> Well, what's I'll probably by that age, I'll just be like, nah, no thanks. You finally what's got fasc- it out, but I'm, um, nah. What I find fascinating about that whole concept is when I was a kid, I remember seeing they had revived the Outer Limits and there was an episode where everyone was connected through something that was like an attachment in their brain. So like, you know, your thoughts and everything just kind of like, could be put out to anyone like immediately and everyone had it like i think it was like a visor or something where everyone was connecting so i feel like you know often sci-fi kind of foreshadows these things that we're going to end up doing see the thing about that that gets me is like one of my most favorite things to do is to get in the car and drive really far out into the desert where there's no reception you feel like you're lost if something were to happen it would be like oh shit like (laughs) how could anyone ever find me and being out there and knowing that like there's nothing out there it's just you with nature with the vast desert and i just you get those starlinks up there it's gonna go away these little places where cell phone reception doesn't exist it's getting smaller and smaller and one day we won't even be able to find places like that i don't know i don't know i just it's yeah i think i have that inherent craving for a simpler life also but it's almost like it's we're still rushing towards this other thing this huge technology boom i mean i think people have a word for that right they call it the singularity or something like that right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's like we can't stop ourselves from going towards it. Let's see when that happens, you go colonize a new planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it does make you know, it makes you wonder if there's just like in our DNA some kind of manual that we're just following. Well, yeah, you know, that's it is. It's kind of viral actually. Kind of we creepy to like viruses. Oh, it's kind of creepy, guys, thinking about it. Like, because <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys have probably heard Belay's theory, the control, you know, the control theory or hypothesis that that we're being pushed along a path. Mm-hmm. Have you have you guys heard that? So some, that pushed was, by by like by, social media. No, 
by the phenomenon by the phenomenon oh okay okay yeah Right. So, I, and I wonder, like, I think about that and just thinking about maybe that's encoded in our DNA and we're just getting pushed. Just going towards, like, and where is it leading us? It's leading us into space to go elsewhere. Right. So, that's interesting. Like, the, you, oh, see yeah. how, you see how rapid the technology is, like, with SpaceX and all these other mm-hmm. um, private aerospace industries and, you know, what did Bigelow want to do when he worked on UAPs? He wanted to get in on aerospace and go into space, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just, what what are, are we getting pushed? Do you guys think we're getting pushed for this? I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's in our, I think it's in our DNA. I think it always has been since we were looking up at the stars, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. And what's interesting about what you're saying is now that we have the technology to go up and down with the rockets, it's like we're having traffic jams up there. <laughs> like we don't know how many we're the NASA is on it, the US government's on it. I can't remember who else, but all these people are are now they're saying we've got to track all these satellites that are up here because you've got every other day there's another country who's creating their own space agency. Right. <laughs> and so and- now we have we have that to deal with. And we're pushing them to do it, you know. It, we know that there's just a ton of debris out there that they still haven't cleaned up. And it's going to be kind of like how they were working on cleaning up the oceans. And they're going to have to start cleaning up the debris. And yeah, it's kind of sad. But, you know, <laughs> which, you know, I, part of me is very sad that we just we are we have that desire to keep going. But we haven't really got the desire to fix what we have as much as we should. You know, because our planet's already beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It is. And it, it's to me, I, I do think we just, just as, a, as a whole, have gotten some things really wrong. Like, we definitely have plenty of people to help build houses for everybody, right? We got plenty of food on the whole planet. I don't know why we haven't quite figured out how to make things just like happy for everybody and in terms of security (laughs) like that like why we don't do that i don't get and and i feel like you know if we we do meet the extraterrestrials which you know personally i think we probably have right there's going to be some judgment on that (laughs) yeah i don't think they're in the same place than we are i think they're probably like why are you guys not feeding each other (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think once the the AI kicks in a little bit better, I think it'll. I think society will look more like that. I think once uh, you know the jobs have kind of gone away a little bit and become more machine based, you know, like you won't see cashiers anymore. You'll just check out with the machine or some sort of device that makes it really easy for you to pay. You'll use your virtual glasses to blink yourself you know a receipt or whatever and so that's all gonna gonna upgrade and i think is that those little changes are made um i think especially when we're all hooked up on like all of the information ever i think i think what's gonna happen is money may very well get funneled in in better places between all the countries because we see this need and then this necessity um I know there are companies, you know, in America, 
um, and they go and they're finding better candidates overseas than they do in the States. Um, and so they'd much rather hire, you know, some people from overseas who, who can just do a phenomenal job. And there's always going to be that competition. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope you're right. I hope that we're going to get to a point where we can just stop using money just to have money like and maybe back away from being so uh interested in like possessions and be more interested in just helping each other but i think that my my dream is i uh, maybe a little too ideal however <laughs> the thing that, it, that again i i keep thinking about like if 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 we're being judged for that you know like i would think we would be and that's where my thoughts go with that <laughs> So, you know, I think I think they're judging us and I, I don't think they like what they see. I think they're trying to intervene, but I don't think it's working. Um, you know, I think that aerial school thing was was real. If there's any. You know, I mean, they thought the story's just phenomenal and what those kids heard from the extraterrestrials telling them that we needed to be better to Mother Earth. Or she wasn't gonna last. All we I mean, gotta I, do is look at the news to see that the climate has changed and it's affecting our life drastically. That's a reality. And those extraterrestrials who landed and had a message for those children in 1995, that was one of their messages. Yeah, and, and if you read about the star people, um, they they say the same things there you know they, there's so many encounters and um there's an author um i don't remember her first name but her last name is clark and uh she did a lot of review of different reservations like she went around and just said who has a story and there were just a ton and it was a lot about mother earth and protecting the planet and you know um there was also kind of like the sense and this kind of lines up with some things other people have said that maybe we need to have another planet. Like maybe this one's been damaged so much and is at so much risk that they have a need to put us on another planet. Um, which kind of goes with that whole hybridization program thing that's going on. So I don't know. There's a lot going on. I think on. it makes sense. There is a I lot think going it makes on. sense. <laughs> I think it makes sense. I would do. I mean, yeah, if I if, if I was hanging out with a bunch of humans and we wanted to go live on a planet where we needed, oh, I don't know, fish scales and we found some sort of creature on that planet that we could, you know, that had similar genetics, like same good, a good amount of intellect. But, you know, if we could just, you know, swap genes and make it so that your next generation that the next generation can live on a beautiful planet. People do things for their kids all the time. Once I started hearing about the alien hybrid mother phenomenon, and I listened to these women tell their stories, it blew my mind. It blew my mind because these were real mothers. And when they talk about meeting and fathers and they talk about meeting their biological offspring, it's amazing because they just love their kids so much. And even though they never were there to raise them and stuff, um, they just feel this intense connection with these alien hybrid children. And 
yeah, we, I think everyone wants the next generation to have it better than the way it is now. That's, that's always kind of the goal is that we're going to make it better for the next generation. Right. And the, and the star people are um, often called ancestors. So I'm not saying that all of the species are, you know, the same that have that line of thinking or all of them might be involved in the hybridization program. I think actually we might be uh, involved in more than one. That's a whole nother topic. But um, the people who are interested, I think, in preserving us, some of them might be ancestors. So just a thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't we have those similar interests in another entity out there as well? If we get out there and we find little humans out there and there's 8 billion of them, we're amazing. What's going on on planet Earth is amazing. Right. <laughs> All they got to do is look at a telescope at us and they'll be like, what the hell is going on here? There's all these crazy satellites, like, you know, that's filled with water. There's lights, like, everywhere. And, and it's, you know, it's funny. I keep having this thought in my mind. Don't tell me that there are no men on this planet who wouldn't be copulating with some pretty alien girl on another planet. Because you know that's going to happen. <laughs> if she's any kind of pretty, it won't matter if she has, like, an extra arm, you know? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> three tits <laughs> yeah it wouldn't matter to them would it like so you know i think it's so funny that our standards like get judged so differently than what might be an extraterrestrial one right because it's to me i see why, why we would be similar you know oh completely and you think yeah. about it and they're empty like once we think about these aliens and these extraterrestrials as being kind of like entities in front of us that we can empathize and connect with they're I no longer do they feel like I don't I wouldn't want to call them an alien or an extraterrestrial or just be like another being right like I don't know calling them an yeah. alien or an extraterrestrial after you made a connection with them just feels off yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's like another person if you can communicate with them if you have a similar way of it's just it's just fascinating I like to, I prefer to think of them as people. And uh, I catch myself accidentally saying that, you know, like once in a while. And, and it's so hard when we get caught up on semantics, though. Like people are really sensitive about the semantics. It's one of the little quirks of the community. Uh, oh, yeah. There's the non human, non human intelligence, extraterrestrial. EB, you know, you could, you could go on and on. And then there's like the specifics of the species. I It, it drove me <laughs> up a wall when people flipped out about the use of reptilian. It really did. Because, because <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because, yes, the original story of the quote reptilians that take over and all that is based on a person who was pretty fictitious. Yes. However, there have been sightings of beings that could be described as looking reptilian, right? Mm -hmm. Like in Brazil. So, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's it's just a semantics thing at that point, right? So I, it just makes me crazy when people get caught up on the semantics. So, 
-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many different types of extraterrestrials that have visited the planet. And that, that's the truth. Once you, you know, you get into it and you, you really do a thorough breakdown of all of the entities that people have had experiences with. Uh, there are a lot of different ones. A lot of different ones. You've got blue avians. You've got the greys, mantis, venusians. You know, like Valiant Thor, totally human. The Zeta Reticuli. Um, I, it's just, it's just amazing all the different, all and the different types mm -hmm. and, that and there actually, are, and that they're, yeah. yeah. I was going to, I made this point with someone recently that they could even all just be from one other planet. Like people flip out about this, like, oh, no way. Like the odds are against us, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, look how many species we have on our planet. I mean, come on. We have like a bajillion. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, it's like, they could have all just come in one really, really big, maybe moon sized ship. Right. And then just came out on little smaller ships. We don't know. That's the th we just don't know. So why are people just kind of acting like they know everything? They don't, right? <laughs> um, right. And one one thing I, I it's worth saying also is like I don't even think that we can roll out even the interdimensional thing. Like I've thought about like what happened with Adrian with the shadow people and all those things that the ghosts mm -hmm. also that people talk about. Like, how, how do we know that extraterrestrial doesn't mean also interdimensional? Like, maybe that's how they get here faster. Maybe they hop from, like, where they are, flip through a dimension, and then get here. We don't know. <laughs> like, I think that's why they're waiting. I think they're waiting. I think once we hit, like, the five, uh, six, seven, eighth dimension realms... Um, I think they'll be able to come down and say, hey, join the Galactic Federation, jump on the ship. You know, we've got all sorts of different um, aliens just like you and me on here. <laughs> we're going to go zip around. And we're going to go discover and explore some things, maybe solve some problems. Come along. <laughs> you know, and then everything like we we're saying, the AI, hopefully by that time, we'll be able to tame it. And it will do what it's supposed to do, which is create beds and food for all on Earth. Do the calculations, do the math, have the robots, you know, do the food, make sure we have enough seeds, do that work, robots, and and build a house, you know, do the math, you know, make sure everybody, you know, who makes sure birth control is available and, you know, that people, if they don't want to have a child, they will not. <laughs> the <laughs> things like this so that we could control the population and keep everybody happy, you know, and build houses, keep building houses. And then, yeah, and I think that's part of the 5D. I think we could really use this whole AI singularity thing to our advantage. I think things could get really, really good. Because I think everybody wants everyone to be able to have a bed to sleep in and, and food to eat. And the fact that you still can't have that for anyone in even the most developed countries in the world is a shame. When you really think about how many resources there are available. And um, it's going to be an interesting future. Yeah. Yeah. I, once, I once heard that you could put the entire population of, of the world in one state. Mm -hmm. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, if, it would be standing, but you can do it. The entire population. So we have plenty of room on this planet to take care of each other. <laughs> Like at this time. <laughs> wow. I had no idea. 
Right. That makes sense, though. There's a lot of space in a state where there's like mm -hmm. no people. And it's a small That's space. crazy. It's one of the small ones. Like, yeah, they, like I said, they'd probably be standing, like, or whatever. They might have some arm room. I don't know. But if you could put the entire world's population in one state, this planet planet is plenty big enough for all of us. Some of the things we do are just ridiculous. And actually, one of the other interesting things I learned was that Alaska is totally misshown on, on a map. It's much bigger than people realize. So, you know, like, there's just so much space. So, yeah, I don't know. No, there is a lot of space. There is a lot of space. I, I you know, it's going to change. It's going to change. And it's happening like every year. I, I appreciate your optimistic view that that's what we're going to do with AI. I really do. I really do. I try to be optimistic. If someone isn't, who should be? So, like, right. Someone's got to be like, it'll be okay when the zombie apocalypse shows up. Oh, it's like, yeah. what do you do? Like, oh, we're going to die. <laughs> Man, no. I appreciate it. And that's, we're going to yeah, fight these zombies and take them down. And we're yeah. going to have a good time tonight. That's what we do. <laughs> and, and and we'll put on a seatbelt and double tap. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd it go zombie move? Okay. So um, I, I definitely um, feel like you know, I've gone a little over than my intended time. So I wanted to make sure, Adrian, if you had any more questions that you really wanted to ask, since you are a huge Super Amy fan. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm a huge Adrian fan. This is so awesome. <laughs> I, that's why I invited him. I saw, did you know that after he was on your show, he did a meme about how you were his favorite podcast? Oh my gosh, what the heck? <laughs> I, I, I know, I didn't, I, yeah, I no, what? Yeah. Why wasn't and, I? What? And that's what? when I when I saw that I'm like, oh my god, this would be the greatest thing if I could get him to come ask Amy questions. I was like, this would no, be so this is cool. great. It's <laughs> so nice to talk to you again, and it's just like such a cool perspective. This has just been such a like a great show, just a really good show with where we've been talking yeah. about a lot of really right. like diving deep on a lot of these issues. Right, a lot so of that's, weird stuff too. Yeah, so what I like about what I like about the dojo, the that's what I call you know Deb State Dojo. But and like you can see, if the people listening cannot, but I put an actual dojo picture in for people so they can feel like they're in the dojo. It's like so it's all about like just kind of educating people about these things, getting them to think about these things. Um, so that's kind of my bend on it. So in that vein. Is there something else you need to be educated about Amy about? Adrian, do you have another question for Amy? Um, no, not, 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 not anymore. At, not at no. the moment. <laughs> no. no request for autographs <laughs> on the mug. Yes. Because <laughs> Amy, Amy does have a mug. It's it's actually well known that, oh that, that a lot of a lot of the women like to have the mug in, in their house, uh. just so you know, uh, people out there. Um, I've heard a funny story where um, two people who watch your show, Amy, told me that they were talking and found out they both had your mug in the exact same Oh, that's place. so funny. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fun. I feel like we're all drinking coffee together. If right. we're drinking <laughs> out of the same mug, it's just this dorky little right. thing. That's the only merch I offer. Nothing well, else. 
He's straight now, but I think it's cool. Everybody should get the mugs. Chad Smith, we were talking. He has one of his. It's like, just, just have your own little mug. You've got to get one, Deb. I'll, I will when I'm not broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm i super, because I'm taking my kids to Disney. So I will. Oh, like, yay. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, yeah. It is, unfortunately, extremely expensive. So when I'm so not broke. It. I will be as you can also see I got a little carried away buying uh, some UFO books and, uh, that kind of was a problem I had to stop that too I'm like nope got to go to Disney no more UFO books so unfortunately <laughs> I, I will I will not lie today Robert Salas kind of made it sound like I had to buy his book and I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, I know. I'm like now. I have to buy another one. <laughs> but those so, are the things that they just they just go away. Like UFO books. I've always, you know, the Alien Harvest book by Linda Moulton Howe. It goes for five hundred bucks on Amazon. Like some of these books, wow. you can't find them in libraries. Like I, I mean, I studied libraries. That's what I I studied. And so, I, you know, you go on like the world databases or and you try to find a specific book and it's impossible to get those UFO books. So it's good you're buying them because right. they become that that information goes away. Hmm. It's it's weird how that happens. It makes you go, hmm, wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, I mean, she clearly is still uh, highly popular, too. So that's that's definitely yeah not good so maybe we need to nudge some of the authors to make sure their publication keeps happening it gets on kindle maybe you know so yep. we can access them <sighs> yeah <laughs> and definitely we, i also like that instant gratification of getting things electronically too so there's that oh yeah so yeah amy thank you so much for coming and chatting with me in the dojo and adrian thank you for being a great co-host and adding your fan questions um <laughs> before we go um adrian why don't you go first and tell us where we can find you um i'm just on twitter um at adrian since 84 that's that's about it <laughs> Okay. And uh, Amy, please tell people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at AlienGirl111 or YouTube, AlienGirl111. Okay. And I am Deb from Deb That Is Dojo. You can find me at Study of UAPs on YouTube with the Calling All Beings group. I'm part of the CAB family. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, I am doing an event coming soon so I have a YouTube channel for that um, and I am on Facebook so thank you much, very much again for being here and have a great night great night <laughs>